Hello and welcome to the Mr. Brown podcast, where I reflect on my journey as an early career teacher with a special focus on mental health. I am your host, James Brown. Salutations. How are you? I hope you're well. This might be a shorter episode than usual. I normally create these episodes based on two weeks of reflections from school. I write down my reflections at the end of each day, and I let two weeks worth pile up before I do an episode of the podcast. But given the way half-term has fallen, I only have one week of reflections. But we'll see. I have two things I want to discuss, and one thing I want to mention. The first thing I'd like to discuss today is a source of conflict between students and teachers. I think that one of the ultimate sources of conflict between students and teachers is differing conceptions of justice or fairness. Teenagers seem to conceive of justice in largely egalitarian terms. What I mean by that is that teenagers seem to think that what's fair is for each and every person to be treated equally, to be treated exactly the same. Whereas teachers operate with a very different conception of justice. Teachers think more in terms of equity, where it's not about treating everyone the same, but rather treating each person according to their needs. And I ran into this again, into this conflict between these two conceptions of justice. I ran into it again recently. I was having just a few behavioural issues with one of my year seven classes. And so I thought, it's time for me to re-stamp my authority on this class by changing the seating plan. It was met with quite a bit of resistance to begin with, but I did get everyone in their new seats. Then, however, one girl came and spoke to me in a very grown-up fashion at the front and reminded me that she has a particular need that requires her to sit at the front, and I'd overlooked this when changing the seating plan. That was fine. I just got her to swap with someone at the front. However, because I'd had several students before that already complaining about their new seats and asking to move so that they could be away from someone they didn't particularly like or be close to someone they did particularly like, and I'd refused all those requests, this caused a problem. And it caused a problem with one boy in particular who essentially kicked off about it for much of the rest of the lesson. He didn't want to be where he was sat. He had seen that I had moved this girl to the front and he thought that that was completely unfair. And he, I believe, was operating with an egalitarian conception of fairness. He thought that what mattered was for everyone to be treated the same. I had, on the face of it, given this girl preferential treatment that was completely unfair and I was the villain. And so I guess my question today, and I often do this, I've realised in this podcast, I don't have many answers, but I do pose quite a few questions. 
I think that's probably my background in philosophy coming through. Anyway, so my question today is how do you move past this? So if I said to this student, it's not unfair because fairness isn't about treating everyone the same. It's about treating people according to their needs. That might then flag to this student that this girl who'd had to move has some sort of special need. And that might be unfair on the girl. I wouldn't necessarily like to divulge that information to the boy. So how do you get across a more equity-based conception of justice without revealing that certain students have got special needs? And so I haven't managed to get past this yet with this particular student. I think he still thinks that I'm the villain. I mean, maybe this is how you get past that purely egalitarian sense of justice that a lot of teenagers have, where they think that everyone should be treated the same. Maybe just by, from their point of view, experiencing people not always being treated the same, maybe gradually a more equity-based conception kind of seeps in over many years. But I'd sure like to be able to speed up the process. I think that would help resolve some of the tension that exists between teachers and students. So do you have these sorts of conversations with your students? If so, I'd be very interested to hear about them. Please let me know. Now, I haven't done this on the podcast before, but I'm going to talk about politics. And I'll do that after my usual Patreon plea. So this episode took around two hours to produce, and I produce two episodes a month. So that's around four hours a month that I put into this podcast. If you think that that work is worth at least the price of a coffee, so two to three pounds once a month, then please consider signing up on my Patreon and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. It doesn't cost a lot, but any contribution would be greatly appreciated. And thank you to those who have already signed up. I really am so, so grateful. As always, the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much. Oh, I should also mention, I forgot to mention, if you do sign up on Patreon, then you will get exclusive early access to videos of my recording sessions. So there's an extra little incentive there. Thanks again. I met with my supervisor in the week. She's new to my school. My school in general seems to lean towards the more direct instruction, knowledge-rich approach to teaching, where the teacher in the room is thought of as the giver of knowledge, and the students are the receivers of knowledge. My supervisor, however, leans towards a more discovery-based idea of teaching, where it's more collaborative and at times student-led, and it's less one-directional. So in the direct instruction model, information and knowledge is coming from the teacher into the students, and that's pretty much the one direction of travel. Whereas in the more discovery-based conception, I guess there's a bit more of a cycle, goes in both directions. Now, one of the perennial debates in education seems to be which of these two styles is better. And 
me and my supervisor have had this discussion at length. And I think that the, the answer, the ultimate answer is, as always, it depends. It depends on the students and it depends on what you're teaching them. However, in our most recent meeting, we got to discussing whether the distinction between the direct instruction approach and the discovery approach runs down political lines. She suggested that she favoured a more discovery learning approach because she trained to be a teacher under a Labour government, whereas I tend to favour a more direct instruction approach, and that may be because I trained to be a teacher under a Tory government. And there does seem to be this assumption that discovery learning is associated more with left-wing sensibilities, and direct instruction is associated more with with right-wing sensibilities. And I wanted to think about whether this made sense. So first of all, I think it makes sense in the following way. Right-wing people tend to want to preserve the status quo. They typically have a greater reverence for traditions and history and kind of want to keep things the way they are. Left-wing people, however, want to shake things up, challenge the status quo, and move things forward. So one way to think of that political divide is that right-wing people have kind of got their feet in the past, and left-wing people have got their feet in the future. Now, I don't want to kind of say that one of these approaches is better than than the other, Really, I think that you need both. You Ultimately, you need to have one foot in the past and one foot in the future. So it's kind of a yin-yang situation where it's kind of the happy tension between the two, between right-wing and left-wing politics, is what keeps us moving forward gradually, but not in a reckless way, in a way that does help preserve some of our traditions, at least the ones that should be preserved. So I think um, I don't want to fall down on either side and say that one's better than than the other. But anyway, what was I saying? Okay, so right wing people tend to like to keep things, tend to like to preserve the status quo, whereas left wing people perhaps want to shake it up and challenge it. Now, how does this relate to direct instruction versus discovery learning? So if you as if you as a right wing person want to kind of maintain the status quo as it is, then direct instruction would be a good way to go. It's the teacher in the room who's delivering all all the knowledge, has complete control in a way over the knowledge that's being delivered to students. They can get students to learn what they want them to learn and therefore perhaps preserve the status quo. Whereas if you're a left-wing person who wants to shake things up, then almost outsourcing some of the teaching to the students themselves, relinquishing some of that control, is perhaps a better way to go. Students are going to be less likely to learn exactly what the status quo wants them to learn and more likely to follow their own lines of inquiry. This might lead to a more critical mindset, one that's going to challenge the way things are. So it does seem to make sense in that way. However, 
on the issue of control, it seems to be the wrong way round. So right-wing people tend to believe in small government, hands-off government, less control from government. Right-wing people tend to want people and communities and organisations almost to govern themselves with little interference from the state. Whereas left-wing people want more input from the state to do things like redistribute wealth, for example, or have a welfare state, support those who need it most. So yes, right-wing people, perhaps like a less controlling government, left-wing people, perhaps like a more controlling government. And let's compare that again to the distinction between direct instruction and discovery learning. Direct instruction is very much a controlled way of learning. Again, the teacher controls what information is being passed on to students. Whereas discovery learning is less controlled by the teacher and indeed less controlled in general. So in that respect, it seems to be the wrong way around. In that respect, left wing seems to map on to the direct instruction model where it's more controlled and right wing seems to map on to the discovery model where it's less controlled. If my year nines were listening to me at this moment, they would certainly say that I was waffling. But I thought it was an interesting discussion that I had, or at least the beginnings of a discussion that I had with my supervisor, and one which I wanted to explore a little in a little more depth here on the podcast. So, like I said, there is this perennial debate between direct instruction versus discovery learning. And does it map on to the political divide in an interesting way? I'd be very interested to to hear your thoughts. So those are the two things I wanted to discuss today. And there was a third thing that I just wanted to mention. I mentioned it on the podcast this time last year, and it's my favourite day of the year at school. It is Culture Day. My school is such a multicultural organisation. And in the hustle and bustle of school life, and when everyone's wearing the same uniform, it can be easy to forget that. But then comes along Culture Day, where students are encouraged to wear cultural dress and to bring in food from their respective cultures. And it is just such a wonderful, colourful day. Some of the outfits blow my mind. I can't get over how wonderful the students look. And it does drive home the fact it's it's a big reminder that my school is an essentially multicultural organisation, and that is such a strength. And I would encourage each and every school to have a cultural day. I think that we are living in an increasingly multicultural country, and it's nice to see that play out at the school level. So if my year nines, or indeed any of my students, are listening, I know some of you do, and you participated in Culture Day, Thank you for doing so. You made my day. Like I said, it's my favourite day of the year. I can't wait till next year. I mean, I think we should do it more than once a year, maybe once a term. But thank you. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will speak again in a couple of weeks time. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word in person and on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at MrBrownPod or email MrBrownPod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate and review in your directory of choice. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash MrBrownPod and helping me cover the cost of producing the podcast. Thank you and talk again soon.